This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Every Step Along the Way podcast. Um, as always, I'm joined by the man, myth, the legend, that is Daniel Buxton. How are you, mate? You all right? I am on top of the world, mate. What what a side we've got. What a side. <laughs> what a transformation. What a difference a couple of weeks makes, eh? And uh, yeah, we, we've gone from relegation fodder to, to playoff hunters. <laughs> It, you know what though, mate? This is a small world. I'm not. I'm not going off in a negative way, but uh, this division is so open. I mean, I think if we beat like Rotherham and Coventry, we could be in the top two. That that's how crazy this division is. <laughs> if we lose both games, we can be in the top bottom two. So, oh, mate, you gotta love this league, haven't you? Or, or hate it, depends on your, yeah. your your perception. <laughs> like, let's be honest though. You want the, the the one thing major gripe I had in the Premier League was. There were so many games that we, you sort of knew that there was like a 1% chance of getting a result in when you started. Yeah. And this league is, there's no games in this league that we're guaranteed to win. There's none that we're guaranteed to lose. And that's that's what you want as a fan, isn't it, really? You want to go into every game knowing if we perform today, we could seriously, you know, in with a chance of getting a good result here. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think when I, when I think about that, you know, I think what Sheffield United were 2-0 up today. And then Blackpool yep. go and get it to three two, and they were lucky that they had that nine men, and they ended up equalising. But like, what? Like, they had two more players sent off, and they had four red cards. Mate, it was absolutely insane. Uh, but that again, as you said, that is this division. But the good thing is, mate, we're back on the pod. We're feeling confident. You know, we, we've back to back wins. I mean, I can't remember a few weeks ago now. You said that we hadn't had back to back wins for about three hundred years. I think something like that. <laughs> I, can't the I, I know. I said, yeah. I think I said in time on the Preston preview podcast that we hadn't had back-to-back results of any kind this season. Every result had been followed by a different one, and I think that sort of thought, oh, here we go. Then that's we're not we're not winning on Saturday. <laughs> and then after that first half, it was maybe a bit like, yeah, maybe we're going to be one of them days where we just, yeah, we're in control, but we're not quite clinical enough, or we don't quite. You make enough chances and score, but the guy's got the job done. What can we say? Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I mean, I think one thing, well, a few things that kind of come off the back of it for me. I thought 
it was another good team performance. Now, when I think back to the wins that we've had so far this season, and let's face it, there hasn't been that many, has there? Um, but even last season, when we've, when we've actually been winning games, it's kind of been, you know, moments from certain players um, that have kind of got us over the line. Uh, there was very few, like, romping wins where it was just a piece of cake. But when, when I think about the wins that we've had in the last couple of weeks, that literally that phrase, team performance, comes in. Um, we haven't had to rely on one or two particular players. Yes, there's been a couple of standout players, which, which is going to happen in a team. But for me, the fact that we've got a team performance back-to-back says a lot about what Alex Neal has potentially done um, on the training pitch, but also his analytics team, um, obviously, in the background as well. So, I mean, what what kind of changes have do you think he's kind of made? Do you think he's stumbled on this formation, Dan, and it's just kind of worked out? Or Yeah, I mean, we said, didn't we, that... I mean, there were some stats, I think, a few, a few weeks ago. I know stats, odds, everything, but they were drastic in how when we have five at the back, now we have four at the back. And and, and that'd be funny, we've been championing this 4-2-3-1 kind of formation for a long, long time. 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, whichever way you want to look at it. And now we're playing it. Look, look not just the results, but look at the performances as well. We look so much more in control and threatening. It's not as if like, oh yeah, we're in control of the ball, but we're not actually doing anything with it. We look more threatening, we look more decisive, uh, we look more clinical, we, we're creating much better chances, more chances and better chances, and we look strong at the back as well. Yeah, Jagielka has made a very big difference, hasn't he? Even oh, at 40, he's still he's still capable of doing it at this level. Yeah, it's a mass, massive difference. And nothing, you know, I don't want to be hate on Aidan Flint as such, but it's just Jagielka's a leader. Flint's, Flint's a tall, dominating centre half, good in the air. That's probably where it stops. Jagielka has got a bit of everything and all that experience that him and Flint have got, but Jagielka just seems to use it more for the people around him. And yeah. calms everybody else around him, doesn't he? Everyone else play, everyone else feels more, you know, he just just feels more calm when he's on the pitch. <laughs> Everything just feels more serene and and better, and and it'll just smooth like a smoother ride for the defense and the goalkeeper. And what what do you think's happened to Morgan Fox? Where 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 has he come from? I mean, we've slated him a lot, and I think rightly so, to be honest, but. What's Alex Neal done to get him firing? Is it a settled, as you said, maybe it is the Jaggy Alcra face? He's, he's marching, you know, he's marching around. He's, he's, he's influencing his, his play, or is as Fox just maybe had a kick up the backside and he's like, right, I really need to sort myself out here. Um, anything you spotted that you think Alex Neal's probably done differently? Or I think at the minute playing left back suits him sort of perfectly, doesn't he? That's what he wants. That's what he is really mm. by trade. So I think in a back four and him playing left back, and especially in front of him, he's got Trick Fossu and he at the minute. So yeah. he wow. he knows he doesn't have to worry about getting forward because Fossu Fossu's quick. You know, Fossu's not the type of winger where he's going to put his foot on it and Fox is going to have to make an overlapping run. There's Fox, there's no point in Fox trying to get forward because Fossu's game is all about pace and being direct, isn't it? And running at people. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's really helped as well. I mean, Fossil on one side, Campbell on the other, doing both the same things. Because there's one thing as a defender you hate 
is people running at you, especially pace, quick, pacey players. And I think if Fox, like I say, Fox knows his game is all about defence. He's just going to keep it tight. Nothing fancy, nothing that he's not comfortable with. Go out there, give a solid left-back performance. He's benefiting from it. That begs the question then, Josh Tymon, where does he fit in? Because we've always said that he's a he's a left wing back. Maybe even potentially someone you could maybe mould into a left winger, potentially. Um, but you question whether he he's capable of playing the left the left back spot. Because we've always criticised, not, not always criticised, that's wrong. One of his downsides has always been his defending, his outright defending. Going forward, we've not been able to question him. So are we, is he going to have to mould into a left-back? Or do you think we could move him forward? Because Fosu isn't going to be here um, permanently. So is it someone we, we actually need to mould into a left-winger now then? Um, not sorry, not to gloss over your question there, but when Suter and Tymon and Powell are back, do we then revert back to the three centre-backs? Is that then, mm. at the minute, this is the best formation for the players we have available? If Harry Suter's then sat in front in the middle of that defence, and you've got Josh Tymon as a left wing back, that the formation we've been trying to play for the past few months is a totally different one then. Because but why would you change got... the formation? Why can't those players just fit into the formation we're playing now, which is already working? Is it different options? That's all. Like, you know, is that then does that then become the best formation? Because obviously, I'm I'm always a a fan of a manager who picks a formation dependent on the players and yeah. doesn't try and shoe on players into his formation. Do you know what I mean? And I think Yeah. And I think Alex Neal as well though, on more than one occasion he's changed formation mid game. Yeah, yeah. And sure. just he's quite happy to just change it ten minutes, fifty minutes, and go maybe go back to the original one or stick with that. And I think he's the fact he's doing that maybe gives scope to put time in in as a sort of a left winger, if you like. And then if we go five at the back for a period of the game, uh, he can always drop back into a left wing back. But to me, I, I to answer your question, and sorry, I sort of just didn't, didn't answer it at first, but I personally would prefer to see him further up the pitch where Fosu's playing at the minute and have him sort of running and influencing the game up there because I think that's where his strength is. Those deliveries, you know, he's going to... When he has played further forward last season, I think he did it on one occasion. He didn't have a great game, but I think you've got to give him time. Um, I'm sure when Gareth Bale made the transition from left back to left wing superstar, he didn't, uh, you know, run straight into it <laughs> and uh, land on his feet straight away. He needed a bit of bedding See, in. Part of my concern about changing formation is we've just got Tyrese back fine backfiring as a, as a front three effectively. We're going to have Fosu who's just literally shining. Like He's just completely on form. Um, you know, we've we've got the midfield while oiled. I know what you're saying. Yes, I agree with you. I think we do need other options. We can't just be a one-trick pony because clubs know exactly what you're going to do every week, can prepare for it every week, and eventually it will become a little bit ineffective. So I, I, I agree with you. We do need a plan B. It just worries me that if it's like, right, Suter's back, time is back, uh, right, let's change formation straight away. I think that those guys, for me, Suter, he's got to earn his place. We know how good Suter is. He's got to earn his place. He doesn't walk back into this team yet. Timon, 
has to earn his place. He can't, for me, I never thought I'd say this, he can't replace Morgan Fox. He, he needs to earn his place. <laughs> I, I, mate, I never sit, thought I'd say that. sit down, Mike. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a bit light-headed here, mate. Um, but no, like, it's like anything, any player, like Nick Powell. Someone said today on Twitter, Nick Powell, um, oh, think, look, when, when we get him back. I don't want him back. I don't want him back. I'm sorry, mate. He's, he's a liability. I said this the other week. He's a liability. He'll come back for two weeks or three weeks and maybe even get a month out of him if we're lucky. We'll find a way of playing with him. He'll get injured and he'll screw us up again. So for me, Luke, if Powell comes back and he wants to be a bench player, he's nothing more than a bench player now. Um, as you rightly pointed out yourself the other week, you can't build a team around the guy. Um, so he can come back and sit on the bench and maybe have an impact. But yeah, for me, Tyrese is looking like the old Tyrese again. Really good to see that. Um, Dwight Gale, I know he hasn't scored. The poor bloke must be pulling his, what well, as little hair he's got, um, but he's supposed to be pulling that out. But he's he's influencing the game in a different way. Um, so it's great. Again, uh, you can't drop him either. I just think either way, we, we've, we've got to stick with this. Yes, have a plan B when we need a plan B, but don't go rushing players back. I don't think he's going to rush Suter back for a second. Um there's a lot, it's a kind of worms. You can kind of keep switching formations and that changes the conversation. But um, I think either way, it's great to see back-to-back, mate. Um, and is there any other standout players from today's performance that you don't think has been given a, a fair crack of it? I mean, obviously, you know, Bursic's had another clean sheet. I appreciate they haven't had a shot on target, which always helps. Um, but for you, did, did, he look, did he look commanding? or? Yeah, I think the thing with Joe is, is that his game, I mean, it didn't really have to do much of this today, but he's sort of like a you, you sweeper, keeper, modern kind of goalkeeper, isn't he? Mm. So, you know, he's one of them who he, he sort of, although you don't have to look at how many shots he saves, and I think that's unfair to say, well, Jack Bonham saves this many shots and Joe Basic saved that, because Joe Basic's a lot better at cutting off the chances before they get to there. Do you know what I mean? Like he commands, yeah. he doesn't just command his box, he commands outside of his box as well. So he's going to face less shots because he's cutting them off before they get to that point. So if he doesn't save as many as Bonham, is that's not a true reflection of you know how how well he's doing. Um, but yeah, to me, I think he's he's doing really well at the minute. He's having a really good run, uh, good run of form, and yeah. I think he's now finally. Cementing his, cementing his, you know, his sort of position as as number one goalkeeper. And I don't think he's Bonham's really going to struggle to get back in now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I think he will, and I think it's one of them. If we want to keep Joe, then he's he's got to play. Do you know what I mean? Uh, he, he's he's got to do it. So yeah, no, that that that's perfect. Um, and just one thing I wanted to to mention as well. So we've had it. We've had the odd comment come through. So Ben Burge is posted on the uh, every step along the way Facebook group, mate. So I'm not sure if you've seen this, but uh, he's basically put a fantastic game today in full control, bar ten minutes either side of half time. Hard to pick a man of the match for me, but it's Fosu, such a fresh creative outlet down the left, developing a good partnership with Fox Two, and made some decent tackles in our defensive third. Confidence from both the players and the fans is on the rise, and I don't think any other manager would have done it. Well done to Alex Neal. That's a nice uh, a nice comment there. And 1863 said, brilliant stuff. Seven points out of nine going into Tuesday's game. Jags must have earned a new contract. So somebody mentioned that on the la- on the last pod. Um, trying to think now, we had a bit of audio, but uh, I have to agree. I mean, Jags has got to get another contract. Would you say 12 months more or six months more? 
Well, I think he definitely deserves till the end of the season because I think it runs out in January, doesn't it? His current contract. Yeah. He definitely deserves to be there, to, you know, to be until the end of the season. I think it's been ridiculous, wouldn't we, not to not to try and keep him in? And I think he'll then be forty-one. What I'd like to see is him to get sort of like a coach into the coaching role side of things. Oh, it was Bren, wasn't it? Bren mentioned this on the on the pod. That's it. Yeah, he mentioned a coach coaching player position, didn't he? Yeah, and I think. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a perfect throw because I think he's got so much you can tap into, and it would be we'd be if the opportunity there, we'd be stupid not to try and keep him in. And he would he wouldn't want to go, would he? Let's be honest, he's settled obviously in the area. Um, yeah, he's he's in a team where he's playing every week, where we're winning games. I mean, what player would want to go? It's not like he's after a one big ticket, you know, contract somewhere else because he's not going to get it. You know, as you said, he's forty. So there's every every reason to finish his club. Yeah, uh, uh, sorry, finish at Stoke. Uh, you know where it kind of all almost all began, really. So yeah, I mean, for me, there's there's no reason for him to move on. And um, I mean, speaking of actually, I think it was mentioned about man of the match is actually so. Um, I, I've got the man of the match in front of me, Dan, just to save you having to look around. But uh, Dwight Gale um, has actually come out on top, mate, forty-one percent, which is interesting from 108 people. Um, Next up in second place was Jagielka with 25%. And who do you reckon got third? So if I... Gail Jags and then Fosu is correct. 14%. Uh, Scattering of Smallbone, Campbell, um, Bursic got a couple. Fox got a couple. But yeah, those are your your top three, mate. Uh, Anthony Hall said, I thought Gail was outstanding. Just wish he'd get a bit of luck. Um... And uh, Charlie Craven, I won't swear because that's a, it's a gif, but uh, we're effing going up juice, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, there's bootlegger having a swig, obviously. I've seen that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it was really positive, mate. Um, yeah, so one thing that obviously, Dan, we didn't mention actually. So, Tyrese had um, what we thought was a little bit of a potential worrying injury. I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen it, do you want to just give a bit of an overview of exactly what happened on the injury front with Tyrese? Yeah, so I think th- throughout the game he was looking, he was getting back, getting back to what, you know, the tie that we know he was a bit of a menace, running at people, being direct, and the ball wasn't always sticking to him. You know, his first touch was a little bit off at times, but what I really liked was he just carried on going, carried on going. His head didn't drop at all at any point, and he just you know, he carried on pushing and pushing, and then he got that. You know, his finish was fantastic. That goal, you know, just absolutely beautiful goal. And then two minutes later, he's just sat on the turf and the physios come on and he's sort of pushing around on his knee and stuff. And you sort of think, and then he gets up and he sort of walks off, sort of hobbles off a little bit, like, you know, limps off a bit. And the lap come on and you just think to yourself, let's just hope that that isn't the old, you know, the old ACL test with the thumbs around the knees and stuff trying to, and it's more of a right. Let's take any risks with your tie. Yeah, he was around. I mean, we made the point didn't we, that Dwight Gales were coming off in the seventy-second minute every time, and mm. tie came off in like the seventieth, seventy-first. So you'd imagine that Liam Delat was probably warmed and primed and ready to come on anyway. And he probably looked across and thought, "So no point taking any risks. We're two 0 up. We, we you know we've got a pretty good player there on the bench just coming on. Let's not." 
do anything stupid. Let's get you off. We'll have a look at it and make sure you're all right for Wednesday, for Tuesday night. Fingers yeah, crossed. Well, that's the main positive. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Um, yeah, I mean, either way, I think if absolutely if he needs a couple of weeks, then at least again we've got an option, haven't we? Well, we've got a couple of options that could probably play that. Uh, that attacking right-hand side of, of the strike force again. We've got Delap, obviously, who will be no doubt the person who would come in. But and um, so the got... beauty of Delap is that he's he's had that he's had that taste, anti. He's had them games. He's sort of probably maybe made a few mistakes, and now he's you know being a bit over over um, you know, getting involved a bit too much, putting himself putting himself about a little bit too much, and maybe not concentrating on playing his game. And then he's been gone out. So he's had that time now to reflect, okay, why am I now sat on the bench? What have I been doing wrong? The manager's no doubt been talking to him. He's going to come back in. By, you know, if, he, if we have to bring Liam Dulac back in, because he's going to be firing, isn't he? And he's going to be he's going to have a fire in his belly to, to get on and, and prove a point now. Yeah. He doesn't want to go back to Man City and go, well, I played for the first two and a half months and then he realised I wasn't really working up front and then I sat on the bench for the last six. So, yeah. do you think I'm an option for you, Pep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's yeah, he's he's got a he's got a lot to prove. I still I still think he's, again, like people have said he's only a young lad. So, um, let let's see. Either way, we've got options. Sometimes, you know, we well a lot of the time in the past we've had no options uh, as a backup. So, he's always Demarjo as well. And yeah, yeah, exactly what what went through my head. I mean, Demarjo, maybe this is an opportunity for him. Um, or at least it gets a little bit closer at the very least. Um, so just before we finish out this section now, uh, one thing I wanted to, to bring up. So we've got obviously Stoke fans, obviously listeners around uh, the world in terms of our pod, but obviously just Stoke City in general, as we all know, from various different countries. Now, um, we've actually had a, a chap called Johnny, who's from Toronto. Uh, now, he's part of a, uh, basically a Stoke City group that we're, that we're members of. Um, and he sent over some audio before the game about himself, just to kind of saying, you know, how he got into the uh, into obviously supporting Stoke, considering where he lives, and um, also obviously you know where his love of Stoke comes from. And importantly, as well, he sent over a little audio clip following the match, which, as you will see, um, he was quite happy. Let's have a quick listen to what he had to say. Like, uh, yeah, Stoke loud and proud. Became a supporter at the end of. Uh... Tony Pulisar, actually, uh, and that came about uh, really and truly uh, influence on my mom's side is uh, her her parents were British along with her brother and sister, so we have relatives in, Sto- uh, in Stoke-on-Trent and in Bournemouth and London, really all around spread out, but, uh, you know, I started playing at the age of seven, really, and played competitively, and, and uh, how it came about, really, I've followed DPL at a young age but I just never had a team my brother supports Liverpool and like I said I became a supporter at the end of Tony Pulis era and that just really came about because I just wanted to own the history of where my uh, relatives are from and I was like you know what that would be cool why don't I support Stoke on you know Stoke City you know where my relatives are from Stoke on Trent so that's just kind of how it evolved really and uh, yeah it's been uh, ever since so um, I've actually um, enjoyed 
being a supporter. I actually absolutely love being a supporter, and uh, I tend to head over and visit my relatives and take the tour of the Bet365 in the new year, as I haven't been over to the UK. Silly, really, uh, all things considering. But, uh, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, here we are, so that's how I became a Stokey. Unbelievable, Campbell! Well done! And the supporters today, nothing but love. The noise, the noise, we are loud and proud. It's who we are. It's what we are. Yes. Johnny, uh, yeah, mate, I, I love it. I love the audio. Keep it coming because uh, I'm sure you've got, I mean, you've got me smiling. You can probably tell from the audio, but uh, sorry, from the, yeah, the sound of my voice. But um, yeah, mate. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. I really do. So keep it coming. I'm sure you've got everyone who's listening to this with a smile on the face. Um, so that pretty much wraps up our preview um, of the game today against Preston. Uh, so let's move on, Dan. So um, obviously the under 18s and uh, and women's team, mate. Uh, they had a couple of games uh, the other night. So how did that, how did they get on? Unfortunately, it's not good news. So the under-18s played Saturday morning. They played Everton at home, uh, Clayton Wood, and unfortunately lost 2-1. So they did take a fourth-minute lead. Uh, so, yes, they had a fourth-minute lead through Rattray. I think his name is Zane Rattray. Um, so he gave us the, you say he gave us the, uh, the lead. But unfortunately, Everton struck back, equalised in the 11th minute through uh, Bickerton OG. And then a minute after half time, they took the lead, and that's uh, they sort of saw the, saw it out for a two-one win. Unfortunately, so we've dropped down to third. So uh, Liverpool are ahead of us on goal difference now, and uh, just got Man City just behind us. So it's not a bad start to the season, still, is it? We're still up there and you know, yeah. doing well. And I think at this level as well, you know, there's there's nobody who's going to go win every week. Um, but yeah, it's like I say, unfortunate. I mean. We, as I say, mentioning Liverpool, we're actually away at Liverpool next Saturday. So that's the next game for them. So it's second versus third at uh, Liverpool's academy. So that'll be an, that'll be say that'll be a good, uh, interesting game there. I guess if anyone's um, local, I guess they could. Can they go down and watch the game? Do you know? Liverpool? I'm sure they. I'm sure they can, and I think because it gets put on Liverpool TV, and I've seen it before where they, you know, there's plenty of people in and around the around the pitch side, although I would um, put me on the spot there, I would probably check on that because obviously that a lot of the games I used to see on that were pre-COVID and that and I don't know right. if all the restrictions and everything's been lifted since then. Okay. Uh, the women though, the women, obviously they played Thursday night at home, a uh, rare home game, <laughs> as we said to Luna, we said the other week, you know, it's the first home game since the 4th of September. Um, but unfortunately, they also lost a two-one to Bolmia St Michael's. Um, so yes, it's wasn't a great result for them. I mean, they've also dropped down to fourth in the league. Uh, so they're five points behind Burnley, who are second. Six points behind West uh, Wolves, who are top. But yes, so thirteen points from eight games. Not a bad start at all, you know. Like I say, it's still fourth in the division, so it's not. But I think they were hoping and um, for a positive result on Thursday that would have really started putting the pressure on those top two. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll have to see if they can bounce back in their next game, which is Sunday the 23rd of October. They're away at Huddersfield Town. OK, well, I'm sure they'll bounce back, mate. I still think they're doing OK you know, for the season. It's not nothing to, to gripe about. 
Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, it's very Although close. both both the sides we just mentioned now, like I say, both had two one defeats. Uh, and I think if you'd have offered them the starts they've had to this season, both would have been. Um, you know, I think the underage teams would have snapped your hand off for the start they've had, and the women probably would have said, "Yeah, that that's pretty good. That's 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 a, re- a, very, a very solid start to the season." Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. No arguments here. Um, and I believe you've been doing some uh, mega sleuthing again, Dan, in terms of uh, audio. So you've been um, on the lookout for another low knee update, I think, uh, in the last couple of days. I have. So I put out a a, a, plea, a call to arms, didn't I, on the last yeah. pod? I want, if there's an Oldham fan listening to this pod for some strange reason, I need something on David Akagbu. <laughs> and we got something the next morning. So I don't think it was somebody who actually listened to this. I think it was somebody who eventually got back to me or maybe was put in touch via someone else I'd contacted. Uh, but yes, so we've got friends in high places, haven't we, Mike? So this yeah, is... Um... Them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... How far above sea level is this? Is that kind of high? <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so we have got friends in high places. Uh, Aaron Diskin works for BBC Sport. And uh, he has given us this lowdown on how David Akagbu, our young Irish international defender, is getting on. So far, from an Oldham fan's perspective, what I've seen, and, and I think the overall um, fan base have seen of David Okabu, um is very, very positive. I think I think he's come in at a time where we've had a bit of a major defensively de- defensive crisis with obviously our captain Liam Hogan, who we signed from Stockport in the summer um, as one of our big marquee signings post takeover. He he got injured in like the first two weeks of the season with a fractured foot. So we've had to have like a very young makeshift back four off the back of his injury. Um, so he's very well, he does very well. He's very nice on the ball. He's got a good good range of pass on him. He seems very calm. There's just some, some occasions where obviously he, he could maybe be a little bit stronger in my opinion, but obviously that will come with time as he's just a 19-year-old lad. And obviously he's got a very, I think he's got a very, very sort of big big future. Um, obviously we've seen him get called up um, once or twice already to the Islands under-19 setup, and I think that's been fully deserved so far. I think he's he's got a really big future and I think Stoke fans should be really excited about, about the guy, I think. I think he's come in at a time where we needed settling down and he's done that. And he, I think the majority of Oldham fans would tell you that. Cheers for that, Aaron. Um, yeah, another promising update on another young defender. Like I say, he's international. They want to keep him a bit longer. I know it may only be national league level, but for a 19-year-old centre-half, I think, you know, any kind of experience in the senior game is, is, a, is a positive thing, to be honest, for myself. Well, yeah, he was, he was having some good reports anyway in the youth team, wasn't he, for us? So um, I think, again, I think they've, they've always said you can't really replace men's football, as they like to call it. You, you, you can't really replicate that in the under-21s or under-23s or whatever the hell it is these days. Uh, you know, you can't really replicate it. So, yeah, absolutely, mate. If you can get a few more games under his belt, keep learning, who knows, maybe he's another future player for us, another one that can come through. Uh, but this this will be a test for him. I mean, all, you know, he's not going to be in a team where he's going to win every week. 
Um, so, you know, he's going to take the highs and the lows. So it'll be a good little education for him, I'm sure. Okay, that about uh, ties that up then for that section. So uh, let's look ahead at another three points versus Rotherham on Tuesday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so, Dan, you're uh, on your own tonight, mate. So, stats-wise, what kind of sleuthing have you been doing um, over the last 24 hours, mate, to try and engage us in how we're going to win easily on Tuesday? Well, it doesn't need it doesn't need as many stats as normal to convince us that we're going to win today <laughs> um, in this game. So, we're just keeping it nice and brief and basic today. Okay, is that all right? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Keep it keep it brief. It's fine. So, the win against Preston has taken us to uh, level on points when compared to the same games last season. So, you know, you keep tra- we're keeping track of. Uh, the opposition and what what we did in the relevant games the season before. So, you know, how we did in the game against Preston last year. And for example, obviously, we've now bang level. So we're having the same season as we were last year. So we're quite far behind at one point. Mm. Alex Neal's working his magic. We're bang level. And interestingly, on that note, if you look at the games that we have got, the next ones, I think we take, I think we've got one win from the next 12 games and wow. that was West Brom that was West Brom away oh Christ it can't be too much not to take too much to be better than that that is it yeah so I think we've got yeah we've got six defeats five draws and just the one win but then amazingly we then followed up with seven games in a row where we won every one last season I mean actually I mean I just said 12 games but I'm forgetting as well Luton has been added and we lost that last year so the next 13 games, we won one of them, which was West Brom away. So, yeah, we've got a good, on that particular stat, we've got a good chance here, haven't we, of getting a few points ahead of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, points per game, we're on 19. Uh, last season, at this stage, we were on 21. And actually, um, you know, apart from Michael O'Neill, I mean, this um, Nathan Jones' season, we only had eight points at this stage. Uh, when Gary Rout was in charge, we only had 17. So, yeah, it's not a bad season, really, at all. I mean, the season that we got promoted, do you know how many points we had at this stage of the season in 2007-8? 20. 20. One point more than we've got now. Wow. That's nothing, is it? <laughs> no. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, we've got a good thing. We've got, so, the winning against Preston was our third, our third away win of the season. And it was also our fourth clean sheet. So we've already, nice. last season, we only had six clean sheets in the whole season away from home. We've already got four after eight games. So we're doing, yeah, I think 
away from home, we seem to have cracked it. So what we need now is more home wins. Two <laughs> round we do. And what a great time to get it against Rotherham and Coventry. Yeah, exactly. So we've got a couple of games caught now and we were yeah, they're perfect, really. They're just what we need. And like I say, first season so far, we've only got the two home wins, haven't we, so far? Let's hope we can, you know, get get a double that in the next week. I have got some good stats. So I know I told you about Dwight Gale, didn't I? Mm-hmm. I told you against Preston, two game, two games, two wins, it scored four. That's now three games, three wins, scored four. I'm convinced he's coming to the party against Rotherham, Mike. I know I said it's from Preston. <laughs> he's coming to the party on Tuesday night. Do you, do you want to know his record against Rotherham? Go on. Four games. Do you know how many games he's won? Four. Four. Do you know how many goals hey. he scored? Three. Five. Oh, oh here we go. <laughs> he's, he's, they, these are his teams. He, he, he's not quite. He's not got a goal today. So, you know what? I've punished Preston enough. I'll let my mate Ty get one and set up Will because he needs a goal for his confidence. Now he's saying now he's going to be a bit more selfish on Tuesday night. Rather than put to the sword, Dwight Gale hat trick, boom, boom, boom. The other guy, the other person with a quite impressive record against Rotherham is Tariq Fossum. He's played them six times in his career, five victories, and he has scored against them as well. Oh, mate, get all your money on on a win on Tuesday. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm there. Mortgage the is going time? on. Do you know the last time we lost at home to Rotherham? Uh, next Tuesday? 2004. <laughs> 2004. Okay, wow. Do you know how many times we've played them since then? Zero? Twice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so it sounds like, sounds like a good stat, doesn't it? But it's not quite as uh, not quite as impressive when you break it down to actually how often we've played them. Um, but, yeah, in that time we did. We beat them 1-0 two years ago. And we drew 2-2 with them two years prior to that. So, yeah, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all it's I've got today. It's about it. We've got the referee as well. We know that is that. We right? have. The referee is Gavin Ward, not the ex-goalkeeper, unfortunately, because I'm sure he would have sorted us out. Um, he hasn't refed us this season, but he has refed Rotherham in their 2-0 win against Birmingham. Uh, however, Gavin Ward did ref us three times last season. The 1-1 draw at home to Coventry on the final day. The 1-1 draw away at Huddersfield when, you know, certain um, Taylor Harwood Bellis was nearly, you know, nearly had his leg taken off and he decided it was, nah, nothing more. <laughs> Carry on, not a red card. And uh, the goalless draw away at Birmingham as well towards the start of the season. Okay. So, yeah, three games, three draws. So, yeah, let's uh, let's hope we don't... We want something like that home win that Rotherham had against Birmingham. That's what we want. And that's two 0 home win from him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, lovely. Okay, good. Well, I was just looking at obviously Rotherham's obviously game. So they won. Obviously, they beat Huddersfield two one. I'm not sure if you saw the uh, the penalty claim for Huddersfield towards the end, but another example of poor officiating yet again. Stonewall penalty which means they shouldn't have actually won today. But I'll tell you one thing about Rotherham, mate. They're, they're no pushovers. As much as we're saying, oh, we should beat them, they're having a decent season. Uh, they're definitely no pushovers. Yeah. They're playing like a 3-5-2 as well, which is uh, which is interesting. Yeah, I think um, 
you wonder two things, don't you? You wonder whether the manager will try and match up against them and go with the same formation. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is like, I, like you said, there are no pushovers. And I think people can look at Rotherham, look at the other yo-yo club. They're too good for League One, but they're, no, they're not good enough for the Championship. You should be looking to beat them. This seems to be a more mature Rotherham side. They're more experienced and they're sort of, you know, they're, they're, they're championship ready now, aren't they? It seems they're yep. not they're not a pushover like they have been. Because is it like five, six years in a row where they've either got relegated or promoted and they just bounce between the yeah, championship yeah. and League One? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think everyone thought when Paul Warren left a couple of weeks ago to go to Derby, didn't he? Yeah, I think everybody felt that maybe that'll be the wheels coming off at Rotherham. Um. And I know we've got some audio coming up, and he was like, you know, a bit grateful for the victory um, that they have, that they did get in this game, because he said, you know, the results had tailed off a little bit. It just gets them back on track. But, you know, it's down to us. I think, like you say, it's not going to be any walkover. We're going to have to win the game. It's not going to be gifted to us at all. I think it's going to be another, I mean, I'll go, I'll go and do predictions, but I think it's going to be a, a 2 1. 3-1 type scenario. I mean, I, I, I'm not even sure we'll score three, if I'm honest with you. But yeah, I, I think it'll be a tough one, mate. As I said, no pushovers. The one point behind us at the end of the day. So, and they've got a, they've got a plus two goal difference. So, you know, they, they clearly score more than they concede. So, again, we're not, I genuinely don't think we're going to go there and, and, and hammer them. Not not for a second. Um, well, the, the other thing as well, I mean, look at the positive performance we've had under Alex Neal. Hull, which is away from home, Preston away from home, and then Sheffield United, where we sort of set out as if we were away from home, didn't we? You know, they, do, do you know what I mean? Like we weren't, they didn't sit back as an away side, did they? They, they were quite, you know, they wanted to come on to us and try to win the game and, and compete on the front foot with us. And you, you, you think, have we, have we yet seen? a home performance from Alex Neal, you know, where the, a team, we've had to break a team down, we've had to open them up, you know, they've sat in, they've sat deep and been happy with the point, so maybe, and we've had to go out in there and, you know, and pull, pull them out of positions to create chances and stuff. We haven't quite yet seen that, have we? So, well, no, I think you're right. I think the difference with this now, though, is that we're not trying to do that with a wing-back formation that relies on counter-attacking. I think with this formation, we're able to just go and attack the opposition and put three strikers, you know, up against them. I think that's a completely different game plan uh, for me. So, yeah, 100%, mate, spot on. Um, we'll see. It's it's something we've struggled with a lot of times, isn't it, breaking teams down? How many years have we been saying that? Um, so, yeah. yeah. That, I think that's why it just sort of, that's why it's sort of in my head because it's, yeah. it's a long-standing problem, isn't it, with us? Yeah, it is, mate. It is. And um, I mean, again, in terms of obviously you mentioned the audio. So we've got Matt from the Rotherham camp who's given his thoughts on on the game. I mean, I expect that they'll, I haven't listened to this just yet, but I expect that he's going to be feeling quite confident. Um, but uh, let, let's see what he had to say anyway. Really difficult to know what to expect from from both teams, I suppose, going on to Tuesday's game. You guys still had a poor run recently. Um, got the win on Saturday. Us had a pretty poor run recently. Got a win on Saturday. Uh, both teams were coming into this on the back of pos- positivity for once, for the first time in a little while. Certainly from our point of view, with Paul Warren leaving and, and the changes in management, there was massive negativity before Matt Taylor came in. 
And it's took a bit, a little bit of time to sort of find that positivity amongst the fans and I assume the players as well. Um, in terms of how we're going to play, we do we are much less direct than we have been in previous years. In the past, we've gone along to Michael Smith, Tommy was a little bit this season. That's much less the case under under Matt Taylor. It's very much trying to be a bit smarter in how you move the ball, not just pumping the ball in the box and sort of playing the percentages game. Looking after the ball, trying to move through the middle, trying to move the opposition out of the way a little bit, which worked okay. We can sort of feel at times, especially the second half, it worked, it worked pretty well. Um, but he's still learning that defensively we look less sound now than we did under Paul Warren. So that's maybe a bit of a trade-off uh, in terms of how we've started. He's trying to change the way we play. Uh, set pieces in the last couple of games have looked very, very dodgy. Huddersfield scored from a set piece. A well-worked set piece, but, but, but still. And Blackman could have scored from a set piece or two uh, in the 3 0 loss of their place. So there's pros and cons to what Matt Taylor's trying to do. I do think it is the right way to go. And I, I, am, I am very positive about what he's doing. But we'll have to wait and see, see if it pans out in, in terms of survival this season. A couple of players to watch out for. George Kelly scored at the weekend. His goals to meet ratio is incredible. I scored three goals for us. I'm not sure he's played 90 minutes combined yet since, since we signed him. Um, but he's a threat. He's a goal scorer. He's a handful. He's big, strong. Um, defenders don't like to play against him. They just don't like to. It doesn't look like they like to play against him. So if he starts, which is a big if, he could be key. Um, mentioned to Brooke Norton Cuffey as well, right wing back. 18-year-old kid on loan from Arsenal. This kid could be an England player one day. He is excellent. He's so quick, so strong. Uh, brilliant defensively, brilliant attackingly. Um, we are so excited for him, but he, he was injured on Saturday, so he, he might not play. In terms of the score prediction, away from home, just try and pick up the points. If you give me a nil-nil draw, I would probably I would take it now. Um, so yeah, I'll go nil-nil as my as my score prediction. Matt, thank you very much indeed, mate. Yeah, so um, I'm sure you're looking forward, obviously, to, to Tuesday. And uh, I'm hoping that we can somehow find enough to, to turn you over. Again, like we've already said, it ain't going to be easy. And I'm sure you know it's not going to be easy against us either. So, um, yeah, I'm intrigued to see what type of a game this is. I've, I don't think it's going to be a pretty one. Um, but I think whatever whatever we have to do. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. And we'll catch up with you um, maybe after the game uh, as well. Um, speaking of audio, we have the ever-reliable Mr. Graham McGarry, so he's been in touch with his thoughts um, on the game as well. Hello there, you positive predictors. What a great weekend. You've had two back-to-back wins now and a home game to come against Rotherham United. A terrific three points at Deepdale, two goals and a clean sheet. And it looks as though Alex Neal is just proving now what he's all about, being a good manager at championship level. Well, they're up against one of the newcomers into the championship in Rotherham, who've started the season fairly well. And they also enjoyed a weekend victory on Saturday. Well, they're coming to the bet 365 and it's going to be a bit tricky for them. And the Stoke fans have got to be right behind their team from the moment the referee blows the whistle to kick off. Prediction-wise, it's easy. Stoke 2, Rotherham nil. Cheers, Graham. Yeah, so like you said, mate, you know, the fans need to obviously get behind the team and they have got behind the team. They were absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure if you've seen any of the audio or heard any audio, rather, uh, Dan, from the, the Stoke page. I mean, it's just, I give the media team credit. They've certainly gone to town on, on the uh, on the tweets tonight. Um, but there's a lot of you know, audios of, of Delilah coming from the fans and uh, some messages saying that they were the loudest fans that they've had all season. Uh, down there, so um, maybe we've finally got the fans back down because it's been a bit of a morgue uh, for for large parts, especially at home. 
Um, so maybe the fans have, uh, have returned, you think? I think a lot of the home, fa- the home fans is the issue, isn't it? I mean, away, mm. the away following's always been, you know, vocal and and sort of with the team a lot more, I think. Um, possibly because you're not as expectant when you're away from home. And I think maybe it's more of a day, isn't it? It's more of an experience. Yeah. You feel like, like maybe as a supporter you needed a bit more away from home, whereas when you're at home, is it a bit do you get more people saying like, Well, oh, come on, entertain me. I'm <laughs> with a home side, you should be on you should be, be on top of this game. Um but I think yeah, I think let's hope that the fans are on side because I think the players deserve it. They're playing some good stuff at the minute. They're, and the you know, the manager's got them playing well. He, he he's only gonna get better with them, let's be honest. He's he's not had Masses of training ground time, has he? Or chances to install, you know, instill um, his sort of ethos and and um, his fitness and everything that he wants from them. And yeah. The longer he gets it, especially I think post World Cup, we could see an even better side than the one we're getting now, to be honest. But I'm quite yeah. excited what we're going to do between now and November. Never mind after the World Cup. <laughs> exactly, mate. Because yeah, I mean, there's if you look at the fix between now and November, there is some. I mean, again, again, we say very winnable games. I mean, what's a winnable they game? Weren't winnable last league, year, but... really. Just no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. But that's just it. If you can get to Christmas or get to the World Cup and be in touching distance, you know, be in that six to eighth type of spot, or at least points. What I mean, again, the points wise, what. Two wins puts us joint top right now. That that that's literally how crazy this league is. So um, yeah, if we could just improve on last season's kind of head to head that you mentioned, um, anything's possible in this league. I mean, if you if we go and win against Rotherham, we go and win against Coventry. That, that that's huge. How many gate? How many teams in this division win four games back to back? I'm sure not many. There's a stat for you to look up, but not many. Well, we. We had we said the last time we did it, didn't we? It was two thousand and eleven. Yeah, exactly. There you go. It's a long, long time ago. So and we, and we the season we got promoted. I know, obviously, yeah. I think that we mentioned I mentioned that quite a few times in statistics and stuff. But that's a good benchmark for us to look at in regards, yeah. isn't it? To you know, are, are we a promotion form? Whatever. We only did it once in that season. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. You, you don't need many of them runs to get yourself in and around, you know, the, the sort of playoffs and automatic promotion. Really, you just need to be a bit more. We just need to be a bit more consistent, don't we? These back-to-back wins need to be, you know, turn it into three wins every now and again. You know, we'll go, go back to back, you know, and then maybe if you have a draw, then have another back to back. If you have a defeat, then you're two more wins. That's the kind of consistency we need. I think we've been a for a long time now we've not had that run have we where if we have a bad result we bounce back with a couple of good ones no the best we've ever done is just like one one win and then we go back to a losing losing streak again so yeah i mean yeah absolutely mate so we've got rotherham coventry away to norwich that'll be a difficult one um and then we're away to wigan which is going to be interesting i quite like wigan uh and then uh, home to brom home to luton away to west brom etc so yeah bar the norwich game for me very very winnable games we always beat luton town <clears throat> um so yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see how that goes Again, um we didn't meet him last season <laughs> that, that that heads the little <clears throat> um yeah so i mean in terms of teams dan 
I was thinking about this, and I spoke to my dad about it earlier on. Your instant reaction is to go, we can't change a winning team. Now, let's just say Tyrese is fit and he can play. And nobody is, is, is else. Jaggy Al- yeah. Is Jaggy Alka capable of playing three games in a week? Just I mean, the main man that we've been talking about at the back? Mm, it's interesting. As a centre-half, I was going to say centre-back and then I said, well, <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, if there's, I think other than goalkeeper, obviously, if there's any position in the, on the pitch where you can do it, it's centre-back, isn't it? Because a lot of it is walking. And for him, a lot of his game is sort of like marshalling and walking. Like, the, there's not, the sprints is it's not like an attacking player where it's like, well, if he's if he's gonna play three games in seven days, the third one he might be a bit tired, his sprints aren't gonna be as good or you know, he's not gonna be as quick, he's not gonna be as mobile. I think with Jagielki, he is forty, so you play it by a year a bit, don't you? You probably yeah. the manager will probably give him an extra day off in training maybe and say, you know, look how you are on Tuesday. It's not like they need to do a hell of a lot of training. I mean, I'm sure a lot of what they're going to be doing is just simply watching videos of how you know, Rotherham play, looking at their form. The, obviously, data science guys will come in with their with their analytics and, and all that business. I mean, the, maybe maybe they'll work on a couple of things if they need to, if they spot something that Rotherham do that we've, we've not kind of prepared for, then they'll go and do that. But it's not like we need to completely try and reinvent the wheel here. Just Just carry on. And yeah, I mean, where you need to. I'm sure they'll be off. They'll be off tomorrow. They'll be off on Sunday, where they. Mm-hmm. And they'll probably come in Monday for like a light session. Would you say a light session, a bit of shape work, and then probably watch. You know, probably watch a, you know, the Preston game back on Monday morning. Bit of shape work, you know, on our rather than play whatever, and then probably come in Tuesday. What Tuesday earlier? Would you? Have, what do you reckon they do on a match day in the midweek? Do you reckon they come in training like after midday? Well, I mean, room, watch a in, few videos and then go to the ground about five, six o'clock. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think I think the home games they do because obviously when they go away, like Preston, I was actually down, um, I was down at Clayton Woods for family thing actually, uh, and the day before, so obviously they went to Preston, even though it's not far on the Friday. Um, so obviously with been a home game, yeah, they, they won't need to congregate until nearer to the time. So yeah, I think that, that's probably a fair assumption, mate. I mean, the, they've always said there's not much time, is there? With midweek games like that, I mean, you know, there's recovery days and everything. So I don't know. I, I as well. I mean, this is side note and stuff. I wouldn't surprise me if our midweek home games um, didn't sort of go to Wednesdays next season. I thought they, they've always generally been Wednesdays anyway, haven't they? Yeah. I don't know why they sort of... There's a bit of, actually, this season, there's a bit of both, and there's some Tuesdays mm. and some Wednesdays, which is strange. Maybe it's sort of police advice, maybe looking at... Maybe if, you know, Vail or Toe midweek at the same time and something. I don't know. But, um, well, that, yeah, well, I'm just yeah, thinking... I mean, it's the Football League trophy for, for Vail on Tuesday, which is which is why it's puzzling me a bit. I mean, I know it's only the Football League trophy against Wolves under-21s, but... To still have Stoke and Vale playing on the same day, that I, I don't see imagine, why. I can't imagine he's much policing. Well, <laughs> no. Vale no. versus Wolves under twenty ones and the the old Papa Johns. So I take it. I mean, team wise, then are you making any changes at all? I'm assuming you can't be. 
uh, Joe Bursic retains his place in goal. <laughs> okay. Let's just say that. That was a difficult um, one. <laughs> the back four, I'd keep the back four as well. Unless Phil Jagielka comes out and says, you know what, I'm feeling a bit sore. I'm feeling a bit, you know, I could do with another couple of days rest. Unless that is the case, the back four stays as it is. Um, Baker and Loren, I think that partnership there has been fantastic since Josh Loren's come back in the side. You know, he's obviously blew a few cobwebs away in that first game back. And since then, them two just click. Don't know what it is, but them two, when they play together, they just they bounce off each other and we look so much better with them two. Like, we look so much more solid, I think, as well, don't we? Yeah. The defence looks a lot more protected. Um, and I think, obviously, Will Smallbone, he's been, his form's been up and down. He's not been pulling up any trees or anything, really. But we've had glimpses of what he's capable of. And you just hope that that goal today, especially how he came, is a good run. First time effort one team, not finished it really well. That confidence. How many players have we seen over the years who a goal and all of a sudden they're a completely different player? They're sort of walking on, you know, walking on air and yeah. that. And you think, well, with Will Smallbone, he's obviously got it in there. But there's also a reason why he's on loan in here and not playing for Southampton. And that goal, you hope, will just be the, the switch, the spark that just brings all that ability out of him now. And he's you know, he's walking around with his chest out, his head up for the next few games. And he just, you know, in the next few games, he gets a couple of assists, another goal, whatever, and he just builds and he just snowballs and rolls. And this his season could well start now with that goal. Um, so he's got to play for me. Um, and then obviously, like I say, if Ty is fit and there's definitely nothing, it was nothing more behind it, a bit of cramp or whatever, or just, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, like, uh, just something that's been shaken off straight away, then he, him and Fosu have got to play on the wings and Gail's got to start up front. So, yeah, there is no real changes there, is there? Let's be honest. I could have just said keep the same team, but put that, in <laughs> that, 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 that would have been a hell of a lot easy. quicker, Dan. <laughs> it would, but you, would, you wouldn't do. I'll just give you that little breakdown there. You know, it's like, that's what people tune in for to be really long winded. To be, yeah, they, they put this on at night, mate. Is they falling asleep? I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so to get to the stats um, section, right? Time goes sleep. If, okay. <laughs> if Campbell doesn't play. I imagine Liam Delapsorn coming in. Now, is, does that mean that Dwight Gale gets shunted out onto the wing rather than playing down the middle? No, not a fan of that. So, does that mean Liam Delap plays that wide? I would. Although, you say that, but yeah, Gale is clearly capable of, you know, going a bit further out, isn't he? He's, he's proved that today with the cross for, for yeah, Smallbone's goal. So. He did play out there before, didn't he, when he was yeah. Delap was on as well? Okay, so we've got we've got options. Yeah, and obviously, if he didn't want to do that, if he wants to keep Dwight Gale down the middle, he didn't fancy him to lap out wide. He's also got um, DiMaggio who can come on. And what score prediction are you going for? I am going for a nice solid two 0 win. Don't think it'll be easy. Think it might be one nil late on, and we maybe catch them on the break, as we like to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think two 0 I believe Fosu will score, and of course Dwight Gale is going to have to get break his duck in this game, isn't he? Yes. Well, I'm going to go one nil, and it's going to be a Dwight Gale goal. There you go. One so, Dwight. 
Come on, Dwight. Full confidence. Um, and before we wrap this up, mate, uh, Gaffer updates. I'm not sure if you managed to have time to check it out tonight, have you? Well, I did have a look earlier on, and they were updating. So they have updated I'm... now. I'm not going to say where I am. You're not going to say where you are. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, it's not great. I've dropped down, I think, like two places, I think it was. I'm like 30 second, I think, last time I checked. So, yeah, I need I to look at my players, mate. 700, 776 points I'm on now. Wow. That sounds good. I don't know if it is or not. <laughs> all right. So, I am now in 25th place. I don't think I've been that high all season. So, I'm in 25th. You are in 31st level with he who shall not be named <laughs> Mr. Okay. Blinston <laughs> right so yes that's where we are who's top of, who's top of the league at the minute Ooh, top of the league now you're asking go all the way back to page one now correct I am asking Kyle Stoke Gaffer He's been up there most of the season, hasn't he, Kyle? Yeah, he has a nice 42-point lead, so he might be there for a while. Nice. Yeah, clearly uh, clearly knows his stuff, so uh, certainly knows more than I do anyway. Um, all right, well, yeah, I think that's been a little bit shorter pod than normal, not dramatically. Um, any final thoughts, mate, before we, uh, we go and look forward to our three points? Uh, no, just go on, Stoke. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We'll see you all, as always, on Friday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.